So, on our 12th power series, our 12 Divine Mind Faculty series, we're up to the power of power. Right here in the throat. Uh, power, uh, it's a disciple is Philip. Philip means lover of horses, hence horse power. How about that? Word association. And so to, uh, to, to think about all this, uh, the power, think about how powerful our words are. And not just the words we say out loud, the silent words we say to ourselves. I agree. See how, did you hear the power <laughs> wafting in from the hallway? Hi, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> I don't see you. And, and so to, to think, the power, the power that's in me that, <clears throat> oh my goodness, I can tell myself things and believe them. I can tell myself the biggest lies. Anybody? Can you tell yourself the biggest lies? Have you? Have you ever told yourself? Have you ever called yourself stupid? It's a lie. Have you ever called yourself unattractive? It's a lie. Have you ever called yourself poor or sick? It's a lie. You're basing these words on behaviors or misguided thoughts. And when we watch the news and we say these things about the people rather than affirming their highest. Imagine if we began to truly pray and affirm love for those we hate or those we fear. Imagine, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm all the way there. I'm holding out. I got a few good resentments that I want to carry with me through the holidays. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Why should this year be different than last year? <laughs> or my childhood? I keep praying on those resentments. I keep praying on a way to see them correctly. And my prayer is, Spirit, tell me the truth about this. And then I observe where I want to be willing and where I want to resist. But it's all based in the power of the words I use. It's all based in that. And when I, when I began my healing journey a lot of years ago, I was taught about this. I, I, well, here, let me read this real quickly here. It's Charles Fillmore, Unity's co-founder's definition of power. And it says, man's innate control over his thoughts and feelings. Well, there we go. Our power is our innate control over our thoughts and feelings. A quickening from on high must precede the realization of dominion. Ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Comes from Acts 1.8. Uh, God is all power and thus things are, all, are possible with God. The mind and the body of man have power to transform energy from one plane of consciousness to another. This is the power and dominion implanted in man from the beginning. The climax of man's power and dominion is set forth in the resurrection and ascension of the type man. Has anybody here ever changed their mind about something? Of course you have. <laughs> you know, these are, these are general questions. And, uh, but I like hearing yes. Mumbled. Yes. <laughs> uh, in case it's the wrong answer. <laughs> you ever changed your mind? No, you haven't. You've never changed your mind. You're wrong. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> it's 
wrong with you people? Uh, and, and so to, to look at that and say, oh, of course I've changed my mind. Have you ever had somebody you didn't like and then you did? Yes. There we go. <laughs> Only Doug. He boldly stated. But that's the thing. We've, we've changed our mind about ourselves. We've changed our mind about each other. We've changed our mind based on the words we're using to tell ourselves about something. Many of us have read a self-help book, or all of them. By the way, there's a whole pile of books I've donated to the church over there. For a donation, you can take as many as you want. We want to move them out of here is what we want to do. And they're great books. I've read every word of every single one. See. That's not true, but it sounds nice. It sounds great. Who has time for that? Uh, <coughs> but they felt good on my shelf for a long time until now they don't. And David is so happy I didn't bring all those ones home because there's a lot I did bring home. Uh, but the power, uh, based on well, things we've read, things we've heard, things that just resonate as true. Resonate us on the money. Okay, that makes sense. One of my favorite sayings, and, I, and I've, I've quoted it before, it comes from Course of Miracles. Only truth is true. Now that saying is anathema to some people. I, I, what do you mean only truth is true? Well, to me, it was so simple. It means only truth is true. Anything that's not truth isn't true. I don't have to discern which is which. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to make it different by knowing which is which. Truth is still going to be true whether I know what's truth or not. I was told that by knowing the truth, I would be set free. But it, it's, it's not a big intellectual concern. This is where we run into problems with our spirituality. What, too many of us are looking for intellectual satisfaction, intellectual stimulation. And when we look for that, that's all we get, and we forget the spirit. Oh, we go to, we go to hear lectures by people. Oh, my goodness, I feel so spiritual today. And then we go home and kick the cat. And, and wonder, why am I so mad at the cat? Then we go home and get divorced. And wonder, what, what happened here? I was feeling spiritual yesterday. Today, I hate everybody, including myself. Well, uh, part of that is chemicalization. Because there was a thing that sparked in that lecture you heard, or that spiritual experience. There was a thing in you that sparked, and it came up. And what it was was a part of the truth of your being. And you don't know what to do with it. So you just got to kick the cat. <laughs> You just got to kick somebody. And if I don't kick somebody else, I'm going to kick myself. Because I'm afraid of that spark. I'm so afraid of that spark of truth, that spark of divinity that was awakened in me. And so what I will do the next day, I'll say, eh, nothing happened. Nothing happened. That, you know, they, they, they just, they don't know what they're talking about. It didn't give me more money. My aunt's still sick. The neighbors are still loud and noisy. Whatever it is, it didn't change everything. I thought it did for a minute. 
The truth is, if I had allowed that spark to expand, everything would have changed. When our co-founder Myrtle Fillmore heard the words, I'm a child of God, therefore I do not inherit sickness. She still had tuberculosis the next day, but she had a healing when she heard that. A piece of divinity was awakened in her and she decided rather than throw it away because appearances still looked like she had tuberculosis. If you don't know, she was diagnosed in 1886 with tuberculosis. By 1889, uh, she was healed. It took a couple of years. So early, you know, it was within two years. And it is theoretically considered unity started in 1886 when Myrtle heard that saying, but <coughs> technically unity began in 1889 with the first publication, Thought Magazine. And, and so Myrtle had that epiphany, I'm a child of God. Therefore, I do not inherit sickness. And the healing began because she began to put forth all the efforts to follow through. Not just a few of them, not just a few nice affirmations, and nothing happened. When push came to shove, she still went to her divinity. She still went to honest desiring for the answer within prayer of how to heal not how to make her misery more manageable, but how to heal. She wanted the word. She wanted to know the word that would continue to awaken. Every day, every day, every day, she would meditate. She would sit, she would have her lunch with what she called Jesus. And she would pray and she would meditate and she would get quiet. And things kept shifting. And within two years, there was no signs of tuberculosis in her system. None at all. She lived another 45 years. And I, I'm told, now, there are some people who like to say that, oh, she was out picking apples the day before and everything. But she was. I'm told she was quite ill uh, just before she died. And, and it, was, uh, it was not a happy body. But she was in her 80s. And, and so to, to look at that and say, okay... The power of the word. The power of the word. Do I desire the word of healing? Is that my power that will heal me today? The word heal. The word wholeness. The word love. The word peace. The word joy. What is my word? In the four spiritual laws. Not the four spiritual laws. What is it? Michelle Root. Four agreements. I knew there's a four in it. <laughs> let your word be impeccable. He said this is the most important of the, the agreements. To let your word be impeccable. Meaning cannot be pecked. <laughs> Do not let your word be pecked. And so, it, well, I'll just read this a little bit. Be impeccable with your word really means to use the power of the word Against yourself. Oh, we never to use the power of the word against yourself. I thought that didn't make sense there at first. When you're impeccable with your word, you never betray yourself. I find that fascinating. See, when I came into this, uh, and, you know, so, I, so much guilt is because we don't treat others right. Oh, I, I, I was unkind to this one. I was unkind to this one. And we don't take enough into consideration of how unkind we've been to ourselves. 
Now put your own oxygen mask on first. Have your healing so then you can begin to see the Christ in others. If you see the Christ in yourself awakened, you're going to start seeing it awakened all around you. But if you're trying to see it in everybody else and not yourself, you won't recognize it in others. So I mean, to never betray yourself, your divinity, your perfection, your spiritual identity. And, and, and I, I haven't said this in a while. In 12-step recovery, there's a lot about uh, character defects. And I, my personal thought on this, nobody's ever said it to me, but what the heck, I'm a leader. I think I, we have one character defect. Boom. Just one defect. And it's our unwillingness to accept our divinity. When I do not accept my divinity, when I forget to do it, that's when I become a liar and a thief and all that other kind of stuff. I need to accept my divinity. I need to actually desire to know my divinity more than I want to know my ego. More than I want to know if you like me or not. I need to accept my divinity, to know my God self. Hence, I need to use that, the word that will enable me to know my God self. For me, it became the word good. When I came into unity and I, and I thought, oh, in God, I am good. And I can't not be good in God. I can really be poorly behaved on earth. In my, in my egoic self, yeah, I can be poorly behaved, behaved and thoughtless and all that stuff. But in my God self, I am good. Fortunately, everybody is good in God. There are no exceptions to that. No exceptions to that. Everything we're judging another for is based on behaviors and our thoughts about them. And I really am not the judge and jury. I, 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 just, I just have preferences and I have opinions. None of them are truly accurate, but I do entertain myself with them. And so to look at that and realize, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness my fear or hatred of another is not true. Thank goodness. In truth, they are good. And it has nothing to do with behaviors. So I would be good to get off my soapbox. I can't tell you I will, but it would be good of me to get off my soapbox. But the capital G good I speak of when I realized that day, oh, I'm good in God. I can start uh, having a healing now instead of beating myself up all the time for having missed the mark so frequently in life. That's what sinning is, immunity, missing the mark. The only hell there is in unity is a state of mind, not a place. I'm not evil. I'm not a sinner. Well, I am a sinner in that I miss the mark. But how much do I miss the mark because I choose to today? Because I have told myself a story that is not true. Jesus went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights to have his cleansing to have his awakening. He needed to get away from the noise, the noise of you people, <coughs> and the noise of himself. 
Because when we're around other people, we're telling ourselves all sorts of stories. There's so many distractions. And to go off by ourselves is a very uncomfortable thing to do. And uh, from what I can read, he kind of went a little nuts there by himself for those 40 days. Now, when I talk about doing Vipassana for 10 days, and people say, how could you do that? How could you go away and be silent for 10 days? Well, I've done it very well, actually, but it's hard. And it hurts my feelings many times. Uh, but it's just my feelings. And so for 40 days and 40 nights, he went off to meditate. He to lose sight of himself so that he could gain sight of his God self, of what he knew to be true about himself. And then... He comes back, he, he awakens to him, to his capital S self, and he comes back out into the, and what's the first thing that happens? Well, in the book we read, the tempter came. Some call it Satan, some call it tempter. What it was, was his ego. He came out knowing he is more powerful than he's ever been before. He also knows that the source of that power is what we call God, what he called Abba. And he came out more powerful than before. But the ego comes in and says, oh, look at this. You're going to rule the school now. You are so powerful. Show them what you can do. Go ahead. Turn, turn, turn this, uh, uh, these rocks in, into food for everybody. And he says, ah, but man does not eat, live by bread alone. But what that also means, that bread... What he's saying is go preach at them. Go give them all the wisdom and everything. That is also the bread. But is it, we don't live just by what I'm saying up here today. We do not live by what's in all the books. We live through the practice of it. We apply the principles and we live through that. So, okay, first temptation thwarted. I can't remember what second and third in that order. But I do know the one. Climb up on top of the temple and jump down from them and land. Ta-da. <laughs> be the amazing Jesus and show him the amazing God and Jesus cut that out cut that out I'm not here to show off what man can do and it was like get thee behind me scoot because it wasn't it wouldn't serve a purpose to do magic tricks it just that's not the point the point of Jesus was, to was for him to show us God within does the healing. It is God within. So if he held the hand of a leper and the leper healed, the reason for that was not that all oh, this amazing magic through him. It's that the leper saw, wait a minute, I'm contagious and he's touching me and he's not worried about it the thoughts began to change. The thoughts began to shift and people saw him touch the leper. And they began to change their thoughts about leprosy and therefore it wasn't such a big deal anymore. You know, people are a lot less afraid about being around somebody with COVID anymore and they're, we're less afraid. <coughs> I'm glad you're not afraid, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it was coincidence. It was. I didn't force myself to cough there. I've been doing a lot. Anyway, to look at it all and say, oh, oh, this stuff is not as powerful as the God within. The God within, and that's the word we use, but you can call it spirit within. You can call it truth within. You can call it the love within. Find your word 
that works for you. Find your word that is the most impeccable for you to have your healing, to have your awakening, your realization of your divinity. Find your word. Okay, I need the mic stand for this. I'm going to read this out of my book. There we go. Holy Spirit's interpretation and comes from the book of Luke, chapter 4, which is their version of the temptation story. And it says, Within your mind, there are confusing thoughts that tell you you are, you are what you are not. Do we hear this? There are confusing thoughts that tell you you are what you are not. Hence, there are confusing thoughts that said, I'm stupid, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm this, I'm that. Not true. These thoughts are sly and deceitful, and you have listened to them and have believed them. You listen to them and believe them to this day so that they confuse you, even to the point of confusing you regarding your identity. Hence, the forgetting of our divinity. But we are going to undo their confusion, for there is also a capital D voice within you that's not confused. It is this voice you are beginning to hear and to trust. It is quiet, barely audible to you at all, and yet you feel this voice within you and you recognize it as true. Together, we will follow this voice into the desert where the false voice may be exposed as false. And the true voice may be known as true. There will be great rejoicing at this unmasking, for this will be the realization of self, which is eternal and eternally true. Find your word. Find a word that you can believe. Years ago when I started commuting up here, because the first two years I commuted from New York to to here about five, six days a week, I would drive up the highway and I wasn't used to driving up the highway anymore. And I got distracted by the cars and their drivers that were around me, the ones racing up 95, I, it just the trucks and everything. And I thought, I've got to put into practice what I believe. I can't arrive to work at the church a nervous wreck. I already had enough self-consciousness here. I didn't need uh, the traffic to add to it. And so I thought, I need to pray. And God is not the right word for this. God is not the right word to ease me through my day. And I looked for one and I thought, oh, love. Love is God. God is love. There's no separation between the two. And that's when I started. Love, 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 love. Love, 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 love. Of a car raced past me. Love, 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 love. And I found I didn't hate the drivers. I found I wasn't in competition with the drivers. Or the noise. Or the, I was just driving to work. Love, 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 love. Behold love on this driver and this driver and the cars they drive. Only love drives on this highway. And I'm driving on this highway, so I must also be love driving on this highway. And that's when I then started, I'd get here. And the downstairs door, I declare only love works in this building. Only love comes through these doors. I get to the offices and I declare love in each room. I come in here and I declare only love in each room. 
I did that for a long time until I forgot to do it. And then I began to forget my divinity and everything, you know, and we go through the phases and then I had to start it again. Only love lives here. I look in the bathroom mirror or the, this, even this mirror, only love lives here. Only love lives in this face. Only love lives in this body. Only love. The phone rings. Ah, only friends call here. And so you see, I found my word. Be impeccable. Find the word for you that has no opposite, that will work for you all the time in order to make choices based in wisdom, based in love, based in power. We are so powerful. What's the world you want to create? And look and see, is your word creating the world you want to create or is it creating a world you don't want? And there is no, yeah, but they are. No, it's me. I am creating it for myself. Every time I hear this or that, I then tell myself a story that's either true or untrue. I have to look at that. So, again, find your word. Find your word that cannot be pecked. <laughs>